what I'll do is clear my mind, open my heart, and check my ego at the door. Of the three, clearing your mind and opening your heart, a lot of people understand that. Checking your ego at the door for some people is almost impossible. When we get into the dimension of heaven, there's all kinds of healing that goes on. There's the same free will choice that we have here is there. Hello everyone and welcome to the program. On this episode, author Cliff Taylor shares his vast and varied life experiences that have taken him all over the world, including China, Iraq, and Africa. Cliff, who considers himself as much a messenger as an author, is grateful for the opportunity to share through his literary works. Cliff, as we start this second episode, we know you have had some amazing and some might even say crazy experiences. Do you get people saying, Cliff, you're crazy? So when I was younger, I was able to um, see more of the silver linings in most people, or I would think it in a particular way that was certainly not common, because crazy is that thing that people say, you're kind of singular, you know, they're, I can't do that, you're crazy, that kind of thing. And so uh, it's part of who I am. And then later on, especially after the, uh, my uh, experience of the heaven dimension started happening more, I started seeing things in the same room with other people. And when I would ask them, did you see that? They go, no, uh, you're crazy, man. Now, nobody else would see that. So in the sense of the definition crazy, it is true. If what I see is not what everybody else sees or hears, then that's a singular experience. And it's uh, not common. It's, it's crazy in some respects. But what's happened is, is that the dimension of heaven is what I call and others do too. There's a veil between us. And as that veil gets thinner and thinner, then there's more opportunity to see and hear. And all I've done, I think, uh, just uh, be a little bit sooner uh, to see it because the veil is getting thinner. But even if you do get some people calling it crazy, you aren't the only person having these experiences. There are people, obviously, that do see um, the other dimension of heaven, and some people see it much more uh, clear and more direct than I do. Uh, I have talked with, with them about it, and I've tried to continue to understand what is it that's preventing me from not seeing it as the way they do. And it's kind of, yeah, that's really neat. Um, that's a neat part of life. I mean, it's so reassuring, obviously, we can all disagree on what the definition of God is or who God is and that kind of stuff, but pretty much all heavens and, I mean, religions have got heaven as a, or that next dimension is the, is the continuation of life. Here's the million-dollar question, Cliff. What is heaven or the afterlife like in your mind? So I'm going to back that question up just a little bit. I don't have thoughts on it. I don't believe it. I don't have faith in it, whatever those kind of stuff is. I got to the point where I have experiences of it, physical experiences. So I remember I had, met, had this discussion with many religious folks, and I go, um, you do realize that death, uh, we die for, uh, and then we have death. At death, the soul is a physical thing, and it leaves the body. And they went, I never thought of that. Everybody just thinks, oh, I'm there. And so they don't realize that part of it. So when we get into the dimension of heaven, there's all kinds of healing that goes on. There's the same free will choice that we have here is there. 
Are they with our loved ones? Yeah, they are. And they're with all kinds of things. It's just uh, think about life without the constraint of uh, what I call density and, and without uh, literally you don't have a need to eat. So that means you don't have to go to the bathroom. You don't have a need for air. So that means you can travel all kinds of things and do the soul is just so um, God soulful. Not only is it, uh, if you would, uh, joyous and all the wonderful things, it's also free of the things that uh, in a lot of ways causes us pain here. So it's, it's really neat. And do you agree with those who say when someone passes away, they are in a better place now when talking about heaven? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So even if you would, let's say somebody here uh, commits murder. So their soul goes to heaven, a dimension of heaven, just like we do. It's just they don't uh, have the opportunity to uh, travel as fast. They don't have the opportunity to go as far. They're much more uh, burdened by what it is that they did if they did it in a, I'll say, a criminal way. And so when those folks get there, it's, it's their hell, I guess you might say, but it's in heaven. So, But for the rest of us, yeah, we can travel, we can go, we can be as many things as, as we know how. As you have these conversations with people about your books or life in general, are any questions off limits? No, I'm not bashful. One thing is that I will give you what I understand is the uh, my uh, honest, complete answer as I can. Um, if someone asks a question, you can ask a question that is a uh, healing aspect to it, or you can be judgmental and and be uh, crass and all the rest of it, and I'll call it out. We'll go on. We will. There's. I don't have any trouble uh, going forward with it. But if the reason you're doing it, and I, I've thought about this one, is because you want to uh, show damage or uh, doing some sort of sensationalism to it, I'll call it out. Times get tough for all of us at one point or another. Can you talk about how important using the power of love is? And also, touch on looking within to keep fighting when those tough times do come. What I'd like to be able to share with uh, as many people as possible is, is that uh, I love you. Uh, I realize that words are uh, X percent effective or uh, in helping healing, but it is true. It's, uh, I don't know how many people I have known that says, nobody ever loved me. And I said, well, that's wrong. Um, I love you, uh, and I truly do. So you can never say the words, nobody nobody doesn't love me. That's, that's not accurate. You can say it, of course, uh, but it's not accurate. Am I able to pay your bills, give you a hug every day, <laughs> all the rest of that neat stuff that a, a lot of us associate with the words? No, it's, no, I can't. The dictionary's probably got 60 different definitions of love, and I'm applying number four or whatever it is like that. But uh, it is that. Uh, I do love you. I do wish that that there's uh, so much that we can do. And if we, when we get to our point where we think we can't go on, then find someone, find something, and uh, hold on. Keep going. March on. That's really the biggest one. For me, what I found is I was going through tough times. If I wasn't moving, if you would, either um, progressing I would, and stop, that's when the depression 
came on way too strong, too effective. But if I kept marching, I don't know how many times I refer back to this one. I'm marching either in my mind intelligently or physically or uh, soulfully. It's, uh, it's not being afraid to, to stop, uh, but it definitely is. There's a choice of whether to march on. And maybe I'm not as fast as I used to be and I'm a little bit slower, but literally it's just keep marching. Cliff, let's talk about your books, Connections and Connect. I started out back in 1997. I read a book and I then had the ex experience of inside me going, I wonder if Jesus would like to tell us what his life was like back then. And so before I got the courage to do that, then I got the courage. And so I said, Jesus, what was your life like back then? And what's it like about now? Would you tell us? He said, yes, I would. And then I spent the next two years uh, coming up with what it was the book Connect was about. And it expanded way beyond uh, my experience with Jesus. It also brought in other folks as well. Connect is the way that I use and I explain in the book how to be able to do the same thing of being able to ask our questions and then hear and see what I call intuitively. It's something that goes on inside our mind because inside our mind is the same dimension of heaven that's outside. We have just as much heaven inside us as we do outside us. And so by accessing that particular uh, dimension, um, frequency, all that kind of stuff, what it amounts to is, is that I can ask questions and I can hear answers. And I can also see things, not as often as I want to, but certainly I do. And so somebody goes, well, how do you know you're talking with them? Well, there's a, a means of recognition. It's more than just, I want to be able to talk to someone. It's about the fact that there is a recognition. It's funny I do not, when I hear myself think, I don't hear my, my tone of voice and I don't hear their tone of voice. It's really a monotone tone of voice, but what I hear is something that, that actually has a feeling of distinction and somehow you know who it is. And sometimes I don't know who they are. Uh, it's really interesting, but what I'm hearing is things that's way beyond my capacity to be able to understand or to know. I think one of the things that I realized is, is that we know 85% of our answers. Uh, the smart people, uh, some of the psychics, if you would, and the heavenly folks, they reach into the 15%. <laughs> and even if I go to uh, percentage mark 86, they're getting into the 98s and 99s. So it's an intuitive way to interact with them uh, connection is the next evolution of that, which is how to physically see here with my physical eyes and here with my physical ears. It's the same thing. Uh, the reason why their messages aren't getting through is because of us. Uh, we muddy the water. And I remember my dad, when, when he read my first book, Connect, he says, Cliff, I can't do it. I've tried and I've tried and I just can't do it. And my mama said, Cliff, I'm too afraid. And in dad's part, the reason why he was having trouble was as it was late in his life, he was struggling with some other things, if you would, and he was afraid to be open enough. 
is what it amounts to. And Mama was the same way. She was extremely religious. And it was just the fact that there was a possibility that I was not dealing with the actual, the Lord Jesus. I was dealing with some devil who was telling me stuff. And so we had some nice conversations about that and that kind of stuff. And, and eventually I got to, well, Mama, do you, have you ever had an interaction with Jesus? And she goes, yes, I have. I said, well, that's who I'm talking with. And there's a way for you to be able to not just, again, talk to him, but to talk with him. And she would go back to that fear thing of, I'm afraid you're talking with the devil or the demons uh, on the other side. It's just a fear factor. A lot of people um, will tell me, Cliff, I really want to have this connect thing, but I can't give up my religion. I've got to have it for life-saving purposes. And I get that. I really do. There's a lot of fear that uh, many people have in regards to what it is that they can do, what it is that we want them to be able to do with us. And so the difference is connect is intuitive and connection is uh, physical. Would you say that most of us aren't able to have those same conversations? And that's possibly why so many people can become frustrated while talking with God. If we ask a question, they are providing an answer. The fact that we don't hear it is because of what barriers we put up that make it so the message doesn't come through. For a lot of people, that's tough to, to live with. Um, there is that part of, the, of their equation, I've heard this many times, live in the mystery. What? Live in the mystery? Well, you don't get all the answers every time you want them, when you want them, but it's a whole lot more frequent than what we give them credit for. Live in the mystery, why is there cancer? And a lot of times the, 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 what's interesting is if we ask for a particular answer, sometimes what they do is provide the answer. Like if I want an answer, they'll give you the answer. And then because you're at that time, you're the right person to be able to provide it to me. Or what they'll do is give me energy. And in that energy, I'm able to find the answer. So uh, it's, it's interesting all the different ways that they can uh, provide answers. Uh, and there's two types of scenarios. One is general questions, and then there's the others. It's, uh, this is an emergency. Um, someone's pointing a gun at me. Um, there's a, a bomber over there, that kind of thing. In the emergency situations, um, very few people have the aptitude and ability, if you would, to be open enough to hear what it is that needs to be done. And mostly what needs to happen is you need to either uh, hide, run, or kill them, right? So in that case, um, they're trying to do everything they can to help prevent the action from taking place. But they can't, they can't change anybody's free will. If that person's going to do it, they're going to do it. But they can do stuff to help you, which is tell you, oh, look, over here to the left, there's a door. Over here to the right, there's something where you can hide, stuff like that. And in some cases, I hear it and I read it once in a while, someone will do something heroic. And if you, when I analyze what they did, they said, I, I heard uh, to do this or I felt to do that. And they were still open enough to be able to, uh, if you would, receive it accurately. You have talked about being able to talk with Jesus. With all that is going on in our world, how are you able to think so freely? Right before I 
asked Jesus a question if he would uh, let us know what his life was like back then and what it's like now. I realized, uh, and this was something that was cool, I was able to record it later because I, I just experienced it, but what I'll do is clear my mind, open my heart, and check my ego at the door. Of the three, clearing your mind and opening your heart, a lot of people understand that. Checking your ego at the door for some people is almost impossible. They think they're so, I don't know, is it, I don't know if the word's righteous, but they certainly don't think that they're wrong. Um, and so they close themselves out from, uh, if you would, the total experience of reality. I get so many compliments, Cliff. I'm so glad you put that in there. Um, and it wasn't that I put that in there. It's, it's what I had to do. I had to erase everything I've been taught, learned, and then come from a, a blank space and, and go forward. In connection for the physical side of it, it's to have a clear mind, a calm body, and an open soul. Clear mind is a difficult thing to do uh, for some people because they think so much or they actually have such a negative recording and talk inside their brain. It's, it's just difficult. A calm body, I'm not trying to indicate to anybody that you got to be zen-like or you're just sitting there. I can be calm when I was well, had knees. I was able to run and I could be calm when I was running. It's the body being in a calm state and an open soul is basically whatever it is that comes at me, I'm going to be able to um, be open to it. And sometimes that's hard because there's some pretty bad things out there. And so how am I going to be open to something that I know is about to damage me? Well, first of all, I don't let my fear take me away from something that really is a, is, is a smaller test. Uh, it's not as severe as what I thought it was. So clear, calm, and open is a part that I, I kind of get myself ready. And then the process of connection has to deal with doing some repair of my heart and my mind. It has dealing with, okay, who do I want to ask? Uh, what do I want to ask? What do I want to experience? Because by getting into that level of dimension of heaven, not only do we get to interact with people uh, and angels and whatever definition of word we use, but there's also places in there that is, uh, it, they're like libraries and it's places of wisdom and it's just, and places of thankfulness. Um, all those type of uh, things exist and we have access to if if that's where our intention is and, and there's a, a reason to be able to do it that is healing and worthwhile and for the sake of the well-being of yourself or others. As we wrap up this second episode, Cliff, what would you say to those who fight to clear their mind to get to that point? Well, isn't that a choice though? Um, so if you would, I have the capacity of strength of X, whatever it is, and and if I value something else as greater than my strength, is it truly greater than my strength? Is it one of the things that I can do is to make a choice to, I'm not going to be bothered by that. I'm right here and you can go away. I don't need that. Obviously, if it's something that uh, I'm running away from, I'm not into that. But if it is truly something that's just trying to agitate me or um, trying to distract me, all right, what does that mean? It means I'm, my focus has moved, right? So I get back on focus for what it is I'm trying to do, which is basically live a, a life that is as, uh, as big, as uh, loving, as healing as I can make it.
and I understand how to throw those things off and how to get them out of the way. Hey, Cliff, we really appreciate your time today. It was nice catching up and look forward to hearing from you again on the next episode. How can people learn a little bit more about who you are? Thanks, Rob. And for everybody, I want you to please go to the website, www.clifftaylor.com. Cliff with one F. And today I want to, as always, give thanks to Heather Pascoe, who's our voiceover and uh, MC, Rob Pascoe, the narrator, and our producer, Steve Weingarten. Appreciate all of y'all. Thank you very much. And uh, next time.